The bullet tore into Cotton Malone's left shoulder. He fought to ignore the pain and focused on the plaza. People rushed in all directions. Bodies were strewn about. How many? Eight? Ten? No. More. Nearby, a young man and woman lay at contorted angles, the man's eyes frozen open, the woman face down, gushing blood. Malone had spotted two gunmen and immediately shot them both, but never saw the third, who'd clipped him with a single round and was now trying to flee, using panicked bystanders for cover. Damn it, the wound hurt. His legs went limp as he fought to raise his right arm. The Beretta seemed to weigh tons, not ounces. Pain jarred his senses. He finally forced his finger to work the trigger, which only squeaked and did not fire. More squeaks as he tried to fire again. Then the world dissolved to black. Malone awoke, cleared the dream from his mind, and studied the bedside clock. 12.43 a.m. He was lying atop the bed in his apartment, the nightstand's lamp still on from when he'd plopped down two hours ago. Something had roused him. A sound. Part of the dream from Mexico City, yet not. He heard it again. Three squeaks in quick succession. His building was 17th century, completely remodeled a few months ago. From the second to the third floor, the new wooden risers now announced themselves in a precise order, like keys on a piano, which meant someone was there. He reached beneath the bed and found the rucksack he always kept at the ready from his Magellan billet days. Inside, his right hand gripped the Beretta, a round already chambered. He crept from the bedroom. His fourth-floor apartment was less than a thousand square feet. Lights burned in the den where a doorway opened to the stairway. His bookshop consumed the ground floor, and the second and third floors were used for storage and workspace. He found the doorway and hugged the inner jam. No sound had revealed his advance, as he'd kept his steps light and his shoes to the carpet runners. He risked a glance through the doorway. Stairs led to a landing, then angled downward. A metal banister lined the stairs at her edge. He slid down the slick rail to the next landing. Carefully, he glanced down into the void, dark and quiet. He slid to the next landing and worked his way around to where he could spy the third floor. Amber lights from Hebra Pletz leaked in through the building's front windows and lit the space beyond the doorway with an orange halo. He kept his inventory there. Books of real value were kept on the second floor in a locked room. So unless someone had forced that door... Whoever was here had fled into the open third floor. He slid down the last railing and assumed a position outside the third floor doorway. What do you want? he asked. He wondered if it had only been the dream that had sparked his alert. I came to see you, a male voice finally said from inside the storage room. He noted the voice's nuances. Young, late twenties, early thirties. American, with a trace of an accent. So you break into my shop? I had to. The voice was close now, just on the other side of the doorway. He aimed the gun, waiting for the speaker to show himself. A shadowy form appeared in the doorway. Medium height, thin, short hair, hands at his sides, both empty. 
the face blocked by the night. He kept the gun aimed. I need a name. Sam Collins. What do you want? Henrik Torvaldsen is in trouble. What else is new? People are coming to kill him. What people? We have to get to Torvaldsen. He kept the gun aimed, finger on the trigger. What people? He heard glass break from below. Another thing, Sam Collins said. They're coming after me, too.